Hello and welcome to The Menu, Monaco Radio's food and drink program. I'm your host, Chiara Rimella. Today, we head to Estonia with our Helsinki correspondent, Petri Burtsov, to visit Sue, a restaurant with a focus on using locally sourced ingredients. My philosophy, in a way, is uh, uh, to make it very pure. So I would like my food to be close to nature. Uh, we have so much ground that we're not using, and uh, we have so many plants that uh, are, in a way, forgotten. Also on the program, Isabella Jewell is in central Oslo to try a cocktail at the renowned Himcock Bar. Sometimes you come to the new country and you want to taste something local, and you have passion fruit and these things, but nothing was represent country. The Himcock is here to represent Norway. Plus, we'll hear from Lars Bevanga, who discovers Fold Bistro and Bottle Shop, a new eatery just south of Manchester in the north of England. All that here on the menu on Monocle Radio. First, we head to Estonia. Sue, located in the Myla Nature Resort about an hour from Tallinn, has won awards for its commitment to sustainability and local produce. The ingredients in its dishes are foraged from the surrounding swamp, bog and forest, and the work of its head chef, Danius Ass, transforms them into exceptional fine dining cuisine. Our correspondent, Petri Burtsov, made the trip to the nature reserve and was immediately taken to the woods to find some of the produce for the night's dinner service. He brings us this report. called fireweed. Fireweed is very popular around the world. The leaf is like uh, a little bit bitter, but uh, if you get them very young, the stem of it tastes like cucumber. You can kind of taste it at the moment. It's kind of late now. So just a just a stem? Uh, everything, oh. but uh, yeah, you can eat everything, but uh, the later on the stem gets a little bit like... We are at the Maitla Nature Resort in Estonia, about an hour's drive oh, south actually, of the capital Tallinn, as I joined the chef Danius Oss, for a walk in the forest. In a lot of, or not a lot of, just some butter, some salt, and just fry it, and then have it as a dinner. <laughs> Very nutritious, in a sense. Us is the head chef of restaurant Saw, which was recently awarded Michelin's coveted Green Star. And this is not some leisurely walk, far from it. We are foraging for ingredients for tonight's dinner. We do have a lot of herbs that I like to use, uh, meadowsweet being one of them. Uh, we also have a lot of mushrooms growing in Estonia, different kinds, very different ways of uh, cooking them. There's a lot of uh, different berries around. Uh, I like to use a lot of pine cones as a berry. So uh, if somebody <laughs> would ever like to ha- have a pine cone, you can come to me and <laughs> eat it. A lot of yeah berries that's not only in the forest, but uh, but they really grow in uh, in the swamps as well. Yeah, so, so many different things uh, around us that uh, that just naturally grow, and you don't really <clears throat> have to do anything. Ju- just pick them and uh, pick them in a way that sustains them. So whenever you're going to forage something from the forest, just be aware that don't kill the plant. If you want to take the fruits of the plant, just know that you have to take care of the plant as well. So you will have it more next year, maybe. How did you learn about uh, all of this, like what you can and what you cannot? Because I mean, some of the mushrooms, for example, they can kill you. You know, how did you, how did you discover like what you can eat and what you can't eat? 
So yeah, definitely a lot of experimentation, <laughs> a lot of putting stuff in your mouth that maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> but a lot of old books and uh, I'm very lucky to have a person in our team who who deals with most of the foraging and uh, has a very huge knowledge of uh, plants around us. Foraging and locally sourced ingredients have been the trend in the restaurant business in this part of the world for some years now. But it is really rare to find a restaurant that is this local. The name Saw is the Estonian word for swamp, which is exactly where we are doing this interview and collecting ingredients. The restaurant sits right where the swamp ends. My philosophy in a way is uh, uh, to make it very pure. So I would like my food to be close to nature. And uh, when I got an opp opportunity to do work uh, here, it kind of very developed up in the sense that uh, we have so much ground that we're not using. And uh, we have so many plants that uh, are in a way forgotten. And uh, yeah, that kind of started it all. And uh, my food has always been very minimal in a sense that I don't like to overcrowd my plates and I just want to put stuff on a plate that's really important so no extra nonsense for me get to my little garden right so you you grow stuff as, as well yeah yeah of course <laughs> and why why not <laughs> everyone in the restaurant business knows that fresh high quality ingredients are essential for a good meal be that as it may at some point we lost touch with the nature around us and its ability to provide us with ingredients. Luckily, as Aas points out, things have started to change. I would say it's coming back, uh, but at some point definitely we were lost in the westernized uh, comfort uh, of getting their ingredients just delivered to you from one place. And uh, But it's coming back. It's been coming back for a while now and... Uh, most people are are respecting the purity of the food and getting them from local stuff and uh, and then just uh, knowing what you eat in a sense that you know that the farmer has gone through of making the vegetable and it's not come from some kind of in a sense lab Michelin stars are world famous in the fine dining world but it is only recently that Michelin started to issue green stars for environmentally conscious restaurants does this mean that the fine dining culture is changing I really hope so, <laughs> but uh, I think there's a long way to go. I think uh, Nordic countries uh, really get that already and have been uh, doing it for 15 years now. I think it's going to take some time to break into the uh, West Europe and uh, get them to understand everything, practice it more. Uh, as long as Estonia goes, I really hope so that uh, everything will turn into the side of sustainability in a sense because we're never going to be fully sustainable <laughs> as as much as an effort we could put in would be very good for everybody later in the evening we sit down for an amazing eight course meal which really showcases what you can do with nature's bounty the menu consists of dishes such as sunchoke with dill and sea buckthorn black salsify with hazelnut and smoked eel with fireweed. I've had a few wild food dinners before, but this is the first one that is worthy of being called fine dining in the classic sense of the word. Here's hoping that other chefs follow suit, and instead of flying in ingredients from the other side of the globe, 
they would venture into the forest around them to see what's on offer. For Monocle in Estonia, I'm Petri Burtsov. When walking down Storigata in the centre of Oslo, it's easy to miss one of the city's finest bars. Tucked behind a door that looks more like the entrance to a block of flats, Himcock is the sort of place you'd only know about if you were told by a local. Despite this, though, it's often considered the best cocktail place in Norway and frequently ranks highly in the world's best bar listings. Monocle's Isabella Jewell went to check it out and couldn't resist trying a drink or two. So what cocktail are you making? It's the cocktail called Pear. We always uh, the name cocktail of the main flavour in the cocktail because it's uh, more easy to understand mm. what you will be drinking. <laughs> uh, basically, is the pear water kefir combined with the uh, brew ginger. Uh, brew ginger without spiciness. It's just turning to the honey flavour. And then you have malic tartaric acid for acidity. Then you have vodka infused by caraway. And that's it. Voila. Oh, amazing. Cheers. Well, try it. Cheers. Skål. Skål. It's not often that you have the components of a cocktail explained to you in such scientific detail. But at Himcock, one of Norway's top bars, the bar staff even wear white lab coats. It's a quirky bar hidden behind a nondescript door in central Oslo. Once you head inside, you're transported to a Nordic take on a 1920s speakeasy. Intimate booth tables lit by low-hanging light fixtures and a dark wooden bar. And much like those illicit Prohibition-era establishments, this bar distills its own spirits. That's why it's called Himcock, a Norwegian dialect term for moonshine. This makes sense for us to have this name, uh, because we make it our product, uh, like aqua with gin and vodka. And uh, the concept is basically to, to showcase the Norwegian culture through the, through the cocktails and spirit, and also the Norwegian flavour. That's Marosh Zurus, Himcock's bar manager. He's the one that made me the pear cocktail earlier. He talked me through some of the typical Nordic flavours championed in Himcock's cocktails. I think so cloudberry is the king of Norwegian ingredients. Multe is basically is the flower first and then turn to the, the orange berries, where it's very mild, a little bit acid and a little bit woody flavour. It's like the king of the, all the ingredients. But we can find just under, around uh, Arctic Circle and mostly Norway. And season is so short and has to be hand-picked because it's very fragile as well. Titeberg, what you say, is the, or lingoberry, is the, like red currant. Uh, it's very woody, the sour and bitter a little bit as well. Fruits like cloudberries and tutubar thrive in the swampy marshlands and cool forests of Norway and are traditional staples here, served normally as jams with dishes like schurzkaka, Norwegian meatballs. Himcock have taken up the challenge of transporting those flavours from the plate to a glass. It's a way of offering visitors to Oslo a taste of Norway. Sometimes you come to the new country and you want to taste something local and you have passion fruit and these things, but nothing was represent country. The Himcock is here to represent Norway. And also the collaboration with the different producer and community around. But it's not just the Nordic fruits and aromatics in Himcock's cocktails that scream Scandinavia. The bar distills its own vodka and acuvit, Norway's national spirit. 80% spirit what we're using in the house for the cocktails is our own spirit, like vodka, gin and aquavit. Basically behind the bar when you see we have 20 litres of the, the jars when we refill the empty bottles what we're using during the shift. 
This is how we reduce also the glass waste. But because why we choose to, to do our spirit is not because it's cheaper in Norway. Because we are, like I say, control freak. <laughs> and we like it to have a full control of what is going inside in our spirit as well. All the spirit dispensers behind the bar connect to tubes which then lead to metal pipes. Follow those along and they take you to the distillery room next door to the bar. It's quite a scientific operation. We have to be very careful because it's a little bit warm as well. Oh yeah? Can we go in? Yeah. There <laughs> you go. So basically this is our hard of Himcock. It's the hybrid of the pot still and colon still. It's 190 litres. Uh, why we want to hybrid? Because we want more freedom, what we can do. Example, aquaid and gin. We're doing it in the pot still. The distilling cylinder stands tall inside a glass chamber, with pressure dials and brassy pipes sprouting off in all directions. Here the team are making a brand new batch of Akivit, a punchy spirit with a strong herby taste, usually that of caraway or dill seed. And we're using basically potato spirit for our vodka gin and Akivit, because they bring it also the nice and fatty and smooth flavour into the spirit. The bar team, in their usual experimental style, have been taking classic cocktails and replacing spirits like gin with their Akivit. But they're not resting on their laurels. Their next project is to create their own Norwegian whiskey. Recently we're building a distillery up to north for the single malt whiskey. This will be done maybe in the four years. And Lofoten area was a beautiful area because we see the potential of the, the climate in Norway is how changing is very similar to Scottish or Iceland. This will be very nice for the aging of whiskey. And uh, the water quality in Norway is the one of the best in the world. Then it will be, have a huge impact for the taste of the whiskey. Who knows, in a few years, a Himcock Cloudberry Whiskey Sour could be on the menu. And for those who prefer drinks of a less potent variety, Himcock's offering doesn't disappoint. Their main bar leads into two other spaces. If you walk past the room where the team cut their own ice with a chainsaw, and I'm not joking, you'll find an expansive terrace served by a bar with Himcock's own beers and ciders. Up one floor and you'll find an even bigger bar with cocktails on tap. We have three different bars in the one house. The building themselves is from 18, 1800. Uh, he has such a unique atmosphere and character. You can enjoy tap cocktails, what you have on the draft, what you're creating in the house as well, or you can just spend time with dancing. It's a large and diverse offering for just one brand, but highlights Himcock's enthusiasm for experimentation. While at first glance the white lab coat uniform may seem a tad theatrical, it really does represent what Himcock's all about, pushing the boundaries of the drinks industry, all while keeping the enjoyment of its punters at the forefront. Isabella Jewell there. You're listening to The Menu. Up next, it's time for the week's food and drink headlines. Here is Monocle's Sophie Monaghan-Coombs. King Charles and Queen Camilla were invited to a lavish Versailles banquet this week as part of their three-day state visit to France. The wine served during the feast was said to include top bottles from Burgundy, Bordeaux and Champagne, which holds special meaning for both countries. The royal couple were also served a varied menu of blue lobster, French poultry and hand-picked cheeses. A Los Angeles bistro with a Michelin star is set to open in New York City next month. Camphor will launch a pop-up restaurant in collaboration with Vietnamese restaurant Monsieur and serve a four-course tasting menu, 
Items will include traditional Vietnamese beef stew and French onion tarts. And native oysters have returned to the Firth of Forth in Scotland for the first time in over a century. More than 300,000 oysters will be reintroduced to the Scottish estuary as part of a restoration project which aims to rewild the seas. The hope is that by returning the crustaceans, a new reef will form and provide a habitat for species such as crabs, fish and sea snails. Those are the week's food and drink headlines. Now back to Kiara. Thanks, Sophie. You are with Monocle Radio. Going from city living to a more rural perch usually involves plenty of trade-offs. And unfortunately, high-end dining is something that most people who move to the countryside have to forego. For the residents of the small village of Marple Bridge, outside of Manchester in the northwest of England, this is no longer the case. Fold Bistro and Bottle Shop opened this year and its menu of delicious seasonal sharing plates and thought-out list of natural wines make it an exciting addition to the community. Monocle's Lars Bavanga heads to the restaurant to find out more. Marple Bridge is only a 25-minute train ride from central Manchester, but it couldn't be further from the hustle and bustle of the city. Think green rolling hills, sheep frolicking in fields and serene canals. It's sleepy, yes, but my goodness, you can eat well here. On my short stroll from home down to the village, I pass no fewer than three pubs that serve up excellent pub grub. I've arrived now in Town Street, the main drag, which is only 200 metres long, but here you're equally spoilt for choice. Here's the exquisite Dudson's Deli, with an amazing selection of both local and international produce. And right opposite is Libby's, a bakery come cafe come restaurant at night. But... Today I'm going straight past them all because I'm on my way to check out the latest addition to Marple Bridge's culinary palette, the Fold Bistro and Bottle Shop. My name is Craig Sherrington, I'm the head chef here at Fold Bistro. Uh, My background is through uh, Michelin star restaurants and then I've worked all over the country in London, the Cotswolds, Scotland, North East, North West. And you work with executive chef Ryan Stafford who couldn't be here today but is joining us on the line from London. Again, like Craig, got some Michelin experience and hopefully that's all going to fold into our amazing project here at Bold. I'm Sean, I'm here today representing the directors of which there are Michael Harrod, Amy Harrod, Michael's sister and Sarah Allen, Michael's partner. Sean Finnegan's co-founder, Michael Harrod, hails from Marple Bridge and rather than setting up in Manchester City Centre, they decided why not try something new? But wasn't that pretty risky, especially in today's economic climate? All restaurants and bars are always fairly high risk. The current economic climate in the UK, there's always going to be a peril, be that a recession, be that property. But behind that, there has to be an underlying passion for your concept, for your vision and for your brand. We saw an opportunity to do... uh, something that we were both passionate about, Michael and myself, involving natural wines, independent rare spirits, independent beers, and we had a passion for dining as well. Watching head chef Craig at work in the open kitchen at the back of the 30-seater restaurant is inspiring. Each dish is a sight to behold, but the themes and ingredients still reflect the traditional no-nonsense approach to food that is typical of this part of England. 
the theme to fold is amazing quality produce from local suppliers but put together in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect so it's very seasonal very on point uh, and, and the things that we have on the menu are, are the best that we can get from local suppliers but we kind of like give them the fold twist as we call them so just make them um, what you read on the menu you understand but once it gets put on the plate in front of you it's like I wasn't expecting that but when you eat it again it was like actually I was expecting that so it's kind of like not playing with your mind as such but it's it, it's an experience so you, you're playing on, on this idea of food from the northwest which is if you know England you know that northwestern food is you know pie and mash and mac and cheese and stuff like this how do you incorporate that into a uh, high-end uh, cuisine like like yours well we do I mean we have a, a dish on the menu at the moment which is uh, a mac and cheese dish but it's a uh, wild mushrooms so we use local wild mushrooms from um, Stockport Fungi which is just the, the next big town across uh, and we put our twist on that we use uh, an English Comte cheese on that we use a um, really high-end pasta um, local wild mushrooms and, and we just make the dish sing and we make it the best it possibly can be from the, the ingredients we can get back to you Ryan um, do you have a, a favourite on the menu at the moment chicken shawarma probably a mix between that and the scampi fries croquettes they're, they're, they're quite incredible you read it and it says chicken shawarma and you get it it's got all those flavours it's got the yoghurt it's got the peppers chicken but it's executed at such a high level and again going to the scampi fries a brief explanation here scampi fries is a type of crisp that's a mainstay in pubs around here back to ryan as a young boy going to the pub with my dad it was always a packet of crisps and a shandy so we, we, we actually use scampi fries in the breadcrumb we use a langoustine and make a really cool beignet with a lobster aioli. So really, really simple ideas executed with all the experience that me, Craig and the team have. And I love our lobster dish. So seasonal, so fresh. It really invigorates the lobster. Our fresh hand-rolled pasta is exquisite. It's such a process to get that dish onto a plate. Uh, it's a two-day process the elements that go into it are all done with such love you've elevated it done something different and made something really uniquely beautiful it it's really speaks of what fold is all about craig what kind of feedback are you getting on on the menu so far uh, amazing uh, people are absolutely loving it and once they've been they're coming back and we are seeing the same faces um, time after time after time which is really amazing it's not a massive building or we're not a massive site but we do have an open kitchen it's so nice for the chefs in the kitchen and me when I'm on the pass on, on a Friday and Saturday night to actually look out into the restaurant and see people's faces and um, get a smile off a customer when they look at you because they're eating something that they've never tried before or they're just enjoying so much I've been a chef for the last 30 years and this is the best job I've ever had it's clear from co-founder Sean Finnegan, executive chef Ryan Stafford and head chef Craig Sherrington that this place is built on a real passion for cooking, for drinks and for making people happy. Despite its out-of-town setting, The Fold has been doing very well since its opening earlier this year. So is Sean heading up a second site anytime soon? We talk about food, wine, service every day, all the time. We're extremely passionate about it and I think once we feel we have achieved a level that we are all very happy with we can then transplant some of that to a new site and begin again because with every new site becomes new challenges you don't have a natural repetition of excellence 
Excellence has to be built every day, every minute, every service, every dish, every wine. So it's not a question of going, let's do another one, let's do another one. It's a question of, let's achieve what we set out to achieve. For Monocle in Marple Bridge, I'm Lars Bavanger. And that's all for this edition of The Menu. Remember that we are back with a new episode again on Friday at 2000 London time. That's at midday in San Francisco. Also, don't forget to tune into our spin-off show, Food Neighbourhoods, for a tour of some of the world's tastiest destinations. I am Chiara Rimella. This programme was produced by Monica Lillis and Callum McLean. Once again, we finished this programme with a dinner soundtrack recommendation. Here is Annie with Chewing Gum. Thanks for listening and until next week. Bye.